This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week number 658, brought to you by Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code iFanboy at checkout. And iFanboy listeners like you... I'm getting better and I'm getting better and I'm I'm getting better and I'm feeling it right now. I'm getting 
Live Fanboy Pick of the Week, number 658. I am Josh Flanning, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. We are iFanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book, and they call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about that book, other books from the week. We talk about the patron book. We want to do some mail. We want to have some fun. We want to make sure to alienate some listeners who don't have perspective. We want <laughs> – wait. Oh, God. They know we're doing it on purpose? It's an entertainment show. Ooh, it's not <laughs> – Science. Yeah. Or life but or death. Ryan's not here. Right. Well, Ryan is here. It gets a little sciencey. It's entertaining and fun. Uh, and uh, if you don't like it, I think you know what you can do. You can do. <laughs> I don't know what it is I'm reacting to right now. There was not an incident. Just life. Just yeah, that life. might be it. You kind of just want to tell the world to go screw. There was one brief incident, I think, where like someone was like, I knew you'd like that movie and not that other one. Like, who cares what movie I like? Uh, I can tell you something. I care. There's, pe- there's people like, I know you do, and I love you. <laughs> there's people who live in this house, and they don't care what I like. <laughs> so I don't know why you in another place who doesn't know me, and I, don't mat- I do not matter to you, care what I like. Get mad about it, at least. I know. I know. Listen, I'm not saying Venom was a great movie. I'm not. <laughs> you seem to be pretty positive about it in your review. It's gonna, you know, I'm not saying it was a terrible movie. It was a movie. You're, what you're saying was you were alone in San Francisco, no one to bother you. You saw a movie, so of course you enjoyed it. It's a really excellent point. There's been a lot of those movies. You need context to to, to Josh's reviews. Yep, Everyone left him so, alone for a week. He I've saw gotten, a movie. I've gotten a lot softer in the last decade. I know that much. <laughs> Let's talk about comics. Spoilers. And, and and whatever that was. Connor, you had the pick. This was an actual fifth week, as opposed to the last couple of weeks, which felt like fifth weeks. I don't know where all the comics went. I guess they're all going to come out next week. Oh, no. I had a healthy stack. Actually, bigger stack on this fifth week than I had the previous two weeks. I finished reading my comic. Well, in the middle of reading my comics, I got to Witch's Bad Egg Halloween special. I opened it up and I saw it was 80 pages. And I said, fuck that. And I closed it. <laughs> and I, mis- I meant to not read it. And then, so, then I re- read all my comics. And I was like, oh, God, it's going to be Old Man Hawkeye again. And then I was like, well, I should read Witch's. So, and I had some time. So I read it. And I was like, oh, this is it. Witch's Bad Egg Halloween special from Scott Snyder and artist Jock. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Letters by the always entertainingly named Clem Robbins. This was a book that I don't even know when the last time Witches actually came out. I have no it, record. It was, it's a lot longer than I think either of us would care to admit. Yeah, so Witches was a miniseries or short series or whatever from, from Snyder and Jock of Image Comics. It's about these creatures, these witches that live in the woods and the people that either fight them or enable them. And I will fully admit that I'm still a little fuzzy on the entire mythology of the story. Yes. However... Uh, did you did you read this? Because it was eighty pages. I didn't know if you read. Yes, it, it was. As I found out this morning. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, I read it. What happened was from the little essay in the front is that they had been doing some short pieces in another book. What was it called? I didn't read the essay. I read the book. That's the most you get out of me. So they've been doing some short, which which is pieces. I read the first chapter, which was basically a really terrific short story. And uh-huh. I was like, oh fuck, that was really. Really well done. If you just read that, like, as an, like in an annual or something, it would have been like, damn, that was a really good short story. As we introduce a new character named Sebastian to the witch's world, and he says in the little opening essay that he's going to be a major character in the next arc when the book returns to ongoing or miniseries status later sometime next year. 
And so what we get here is 80 pages of this new son and mother, Sebastian and his mother, who are witch hunters, along with some other random dude who lives in their basement, in, in the small town that they live in. And, and the kid Sebastian is not just a kid. He is actually a soldier in this war. And so he has been made to befriend his next-door neighbor, who they suspect is that family of being witch enablers. And the witches are these creatures, and they have to be fed humans. And if they're fed humans, they provide tinctures, which is little... Uh, medicines or potions for their for their enablers and they people who get those use those to live forever or or their love potions they're, they're basically they, they make a deal with the, the devils in the woods so this little kid his buddy there they do box what is it slot cars slot cars do you do slot cars we have a junky slot car track here that should be a lot of fun but it's not because it doesn't work very well so it's always very frustrating i feel like higher However, level slot cars are probably fun I'm guessing it's a great deal of fun. I, 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 there, there must be one around here somewhere, but I haven't had to do that yet. I'm sure I will at some point. So he, him and his buddy, they, they bond over slot car racing, and meanwhile he is struggling with having to – I mean eventually he thinks he's going to have to kill this kid, his best friend. These, these kids are both like, I don't know, 11? 11. They're 11. And so there's a lot of weight on this 11-year-old kid who's been born into this war, and it ends with a big bloody mess at the end. I just thought – even though the the mythology is a little confusing, I actually thought he did a good job here of doing sort of recapping what the witches are and how they work in this issue. So if you've never read witches before, you could actually read this, I think, and and know what's going on. I thought on the whole, this was actually really good. I thought it moved really well. I didn't feel like eighty oppressive pages like some of these That's specials true. do. And the jock art's terrific. I still don't one hundred percent love this coloring strategy that they've got going on, where things get Agreed. really messy and hard to read, but. The art's terrific, and I really do think, and I know from reading the essays, and especially the one in the back, that Scott Snyder puts a lot of his real-life dad terror into these stories, especially this one. Yeah. And it feels very authentic in that way, even though it's about some supernatural stuff. The fear in this feels very real, and Scott Snyder's a horror guy. We know that. He came up writing horror stories. American Vampire was his first comic work, and his Batman stories have always been a little bit... tinged with fear and, and terror yeah i just really liked this and i thought the details were nice his mom taking over as a, as sebastian's slot car buddy and she has the notes on her hand at the end was really nice i'm sure that's something that scott has done yeah because he's going he went through i think sean murphy hit him with the classic car bug and then he got if you like he got like some old car that him and his kids were working on and so now they're car people i just really like this a lot and i didn't know how to feel because again i don't know how long it's been since i last read witches and i remember really liking it but i don't remember a lot about it i remember that it was kind of vague and i feel like the ending was even more vague and so at first i was very excited about it and then by the end i was a little lost i think this worked better from what i remember in terms of the characters i remember the the original characters it was the teenage girl and her father was he a comic book writer or something like that and uh-huh. That might be another book. I really latched on to these characters, especially Sebastian, who felt very real, if, if at times a little bit old, but yeah. in terms of what his life was like. He wasn't really a kid in school. He wasn't really a kid playing slot slot cars. He was really this kid who had to worry about witches and having to possibly murder his best friend. If I had any criticisms of it, and these are more academic criticisms, they're not things that I noticed. At the beginning, there was a lot of focus on the fact that his dad, who was gone now, I don't know that I'm fully clear what happened with that. I don't think they ever um, actually said. He was talking about, it sounded like he 
died because he was military, but then that wasn't it, and he left, and then later it sounded like the mom got rid of him because he was weak, and 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 then so that but they were focusing on the fact that he would speak in the the military speak, so standard issue, and they yeah. and so like that seemed to be the theme at the beginning, right? And then that kind of got lost. Well, I think it's because this was done in pieces. Yeah, it wasn't done as a straight eighty pages. It was done as little short stories, and then I think they came back and finished the story. It was more cohesive at the end, for sure. I thought there was some some structural bits, and th- there was still this like it's the thing we've seen in comic books. It's the same thing that he did in American Vampire. Was like there's this war going on. Here's sides, and oh look, these are high horns, and but these are highest horns, and I was mm-hmm. like, Ugh, enough. <laughs> like, I, like I don't. It's not for you. But, it's it's not my favorite thing. And then I think with the mom, I still – I don't know if I got where she was – I don't know if I'm supposed to trust her or not. Maybe that's the point. Mm-hmm. But it felt like it wasn't a resolution. Like she came out. She told him a bunch of shit. He dumped something on her, barbecue rub. It literally <laughs> said rub on the jar. Yeah. It rubs it on its skin. <laughs> or she gets the hose again. But then she's like, no, now I can hug you. And I was like, what happened? I, I definitely lost the thread a little bit. Well, she's either a double agent uh-huh. or her being a double agent was one long test for her son, which seems dicey. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot for a kid to deal with. But I mean, but I think if the I did, I, I lied. I actually did read the bit at the end, which, by the way, when Scott writes about his parenting stuff, that's my favorite bit of his writing. It was great. That essay was terrific. And I was like... I'm 100% with you, dude. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and in it, basically, he, he gives a story where his kid asked him a thing, and he had the choice to tell him, like, the easy thing or the bad thing. And the context of what he told him really wasn't that bad, but his point was he told him an easier thing instead of giving him a hard truth. And I think that in that, he feels, and he put it in here, so I'm going to go ahead and say that gives it context. Yeah. He feels like he's trying to do the right thing, but he's not sure that he did. So if I'm the mom, I can see that. And then he turns the mother into sort of the bad guy, or at least the thing that isn't a steady rock anymore. And I, I, I see that allegory. And it, at the end, it leaves you in, uh, with unease, um, which, which, again, may be the point, but it, it's not necessarily satisfying. Well, it, no, and it, it's because it is a sort of an opening. If, yeah. if, if we're going to follow this into the next arc, then it is sort of an opening to, to figure out for the next arc. Yeah. Is the blonde next-door neighbor dressed like Hawkeye? Hold on. He has the new sort of Hawkeye shirt, sort of. I'm going to need you uh, just – are you looking at a specific page that he's, I – He's wearing the same shirt throughout the whole book, which should have been a sign. Oh, I see that. No, I think it's just a <laughs> – I don't think it's intentional. It just looks like that's like kind of like the new Hawkeye look, right? The shirt with the line across the yeah. front. Yeah. That's going to be going away soon, though, and right? And he's blonde. I don't know. It's going to be going away soon. This was, this was really fun, and I, like, I always liked looking at Jock's work. Yeah, I, I, you know, like this is the kind of thing, like if it wasn't for the creators involved with it, I wouldn't read this because. Oh, for sure. This is not, this is not you. And this is, this is about as horror-y as I get. We're going to talk about another horror book later. Yeah. We're just inundated with horror this week. I get it that that comics came out on, on, on Halloween. The the patrons love horror books and there's a lot of horror books and they're not really our thing normally. This is, this is about as horror-y as I'll get. Usually. Usually. There's always exceptions. Horry. Horry. Yeah. Horry. Horry. Jock is the guy to draw creepy tree monsters. Yeah. I don't think I do think that the actual 
witches, mm-hmm. which I want to say witches. Witches. I, I think the the less of them we see, the better. Yes, for sure. They should only appear like like they only you only see them very briefly, and they're I mostly know. off panel here. Yeah, I I think more. That's a good choice because it's hard to live up to that, especially in comic book form. It just is. Yep. I think you can do impressive art, but that it's almost never like it's not it's not scary in that way. It just isn't. But that just might be me as I read comics. I don't know. So witches, bad egg, Halloween special, and bad egg will make sense if you read the book. 80 pages or so, Scott Snyder and Jock. If you are a fan of witches, you should pick it up. If you've never read witches but you like horror, it's also worth picking up. As I said, they do they do a good job of telling you what the witches are and what they do. Well, I just, literally, I don't remember anything about the last one, so you could, you could deal with this. Yeah, so check it out. Now, Old Man Hawkeye, number 10. I don't know how this Josh this book doesn't end up as our book of the year. I actually I had that same thought because I could have picked this. I gotta tell you, I think there were two things in here. One of them I did not like. It was like a <laughs> gag that was in here that I didn't like, and I don't remember what it was. Was it the Jaws gag? Yes, that was it. Uh, Kate would make that joke. Yeah, but Kate isn't making the joke. She is. No, well, sort of, but she's the, the one the writer says the dialogue. Yeah, but the writer's taking me out of it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just I am very picky about references to things. And I had just read in what book was it? Marvel two in one. Yeah. There's a pretty flagrant Star Wars joke. Right. And I just finished that, and then I went to this one. I was like, "Is this what we're gonna do all week? We're gonna reference movies from the '70s?" Which, which, uh, you know, that's your wheelhouse. I, I know I'm a hypocrite. It's fine. <laughs> but later, much later in the book, though, there's a bit where. Uh, <laughs> It just uh, Moonstone blows everybody up, basically, mm-hmm. and they go, "No, take us with you." And the last guy goes, "Not like this." And I laughed, <laughs> and I laughed, and I laughed because that is a great subtle joke. I mean, this is this is still really good. I mean, it's not a lot new here. No, Hawkeyes, Kate and Clint find Moonstone in the Canadian wilderness, and it was a very beautifully drawn Canadian wilderness. Mm-hmm. And I liked the asshole Canadian guard guys at the guard because it's very unusual for Canadian characters and and uh, I really liked but I really liked Moonstone's situation. Mm-hmm. I liked that she was this cult figure. I liked that her body was decaying because of her power. I liked that she takes all of her people with her at the end and it was made a very like creepy and interesting sort of statue of dead people. I liked all of it. I think it's 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 just another thing that's important to to put this again. This person, uh, if he's if he's a he's a professional comic comic book writer, he's new. Yeah. But the personality checks out. Yes. Like if you extend who Moonstone is, and she's one of those not good, not bad Emma Frosty kind of types. Mm-hmm. Like what would happen in this scenario? And she starts. She looks weird and creepy and everything. And then she starts talking, and I was like. Yeah, that's right. That works. And also in this, I like Kate and Hawkeye together in this. I like that we had a little time without her. Mm-hmm. But now she's come along. Like, that works really well for me. Whereas in every current day co- comic book, I don't need the two of them to be together all right. the time. I don't want that. I enjoyed the dear God, who didn't you sleep with joke. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that took me out of it, and this is a minor thing, and I don't really get hung up on it, is at one point he's like, 45 years ago, you killed everybody. I was like, are these people in their 70s? Are these people supposed to be in their 70s, really? I buy that. Because they're super, like you know, they're they're better than normal. Hawkeye is just a, just a man. Yeah, I know, but he's better than a normal man, even if not. <laughs> like he's like Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, he's he's not just a regular dude. He's better than all of us. Right, and and so like that, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch, but 
you know, we're also supposed to believe that he, you know, has Olympic level powers from being in the circus and can shoot anything with an arrow. Like, you know, it, it's not so far removed that I can't get. I just assume it. everyone in the circus can do that. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't. I don't get hung up on it. I'm just like, yep. you know, like that's fine. Just make. I'll this... give it to you. Like it made me made me think about it, but I think I can justify it. Yeah, you can. Of course, you can. Everyone can. Yes. The Chicano art's terrific. I don't like the skin boils. <laughs> that creeped me out way more than any drawing in the witch's book. Yeah. yeah. So actually, I'm just going back on what I said. Apparently, you can draw things that creep me out. And her like broken teeth. Ugh. Yes. Well, that stuff is so human. You know, you relate to yeah. it. You could have skin boils. You could have your teeth broken. So the, the big cliffhanger is that the uh, Baron Zemo's crew at the Weapon X facility has figured out the super soldier serum. They probably broke the code. So who's the dude? Is that like a Steve Rogers clone? It's probably just going to be some sort of Steve Rogers dude that Clint's going to have to fight. But I would think that doesn't Zemo want the super? Doesn't Zemo have the super soldier serum? Didn't one of them? Well, they have a hundred doses, so the, he could theoretically right. take it. Oh, that's great! So finding Zemo up next. <laughs> it's so good. It and is. We, we get to the end of the year show. I mean, it's going to be real hard not to make Old Man Hawkeye the book of the year. It's delightful. You're, you're tipping our hand there, kid. Green Lantern, Huckleberry Hound. Special number one. This is their fifth week DC comics. Another round of Hanna-Barbera books. I only read this one because Mark Russell wrote it, but I didn't really like it all that much. Huckleberry Hound is the same character who hanged himself. Yes. But it's this is a different interpretation of Huckleberry Hound. Right. I did like it. I don't wasn't like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I wouldn't have made a pick of the week. But there was a couple of things that happened in here that I, I thought was impressive. This is bog-standard... Mark Russell, as we know it, you know, which is not a bad thing. But. Well, that's where I that's where I disagree. Like, I I thought it was fine, and I thought there was some sequence I really liked, but mm-hmm. I think Mark Russell works best. Satire works best when it comes from a place of humor, and this felt like a lecture. Well, so here's what's interesting to me is that I know the, what you're saying, and there I were funny moments, and there were funny moments. There were, but I'd also didn't. I don't know that it needed to be fully funny because you know the last miniseries he did, the one with Huckleberry Hound. Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. It wasn't very funny. It was pretty funny. Okay, whatever. It wrote a line, for sure. That's for sure. I was reading it, and the first thing is is a, a segment with 70s John Stewart, and I was like, oh, right, Green Lantern. And then he switches to talking about, you know, where he was, Detroit, uh, near the end of the second half of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And I instantly forgot I was reading a Green Lantern. Oh, before. yeah, no, I, in fact, even though only a couple of pages... When Huckleberry Hound showed up, I was like, wait, what? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, right. So that got me there. But then I was like, oh, right. It's a Huckleberry Hound book. And again, I, I'd forgotten that it was Green Lantern. And like, then that becomes a thing where he shows up again. And I was like, this is some weird shit. Yeah. I found the sort of human element of it to be compelling. Like the story that he's telling. And it's not, it wasn't so. Well, you have the, the Detroit riots, which yeah. are a real thing. It felt very disjointed. We had a whole sequence about Sinestro, and then uh, I felt like this could have been better. I, I think that the lesson, I mean, the, basically the point of this was to teach John a lesson, mm-hmm. and I, I liked it. I thought that that did come together. I think there was a theme there, and all those things fit in it. So, like, here's what his background is. Here's what he's made up of. Here's uh, a cautionary tale. Here's, you know, like, here's a man trying to control what it is. And, you know, 
I don't know. I, I, I it worked for me. I, I definitely see that it was not. It was not smooth in places. I don't think. But also, let's not forget that there is a panel in here of Huckleberry Hound on a porch with a banjo as a truck full of clan members drives by him and wave at him. Oh yeah, no, that was that was the, the more Mark Russell stuff. That felt more yeah. Mark Russell-y. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of heavy-handed stuff that is related yeah. to what's happening now, and I get it. And it's not complaint. I'm not complaining, but it was just it was a lot of it was very in the nose, and that mm-hmm. it just I don't know. It, it it didn't work for me this time. I wonder if it's on the nose because you're fairly you know it, mm-hmm. but I don't know that most people do. Maybe. You know what I mean? I didn't, like, I didn't dislike this book. It just didn't work for me as well as his other books have. Yeah. And that's more an accurate assessment of my feeling on it. That's, and that's, I think that's totally fair. But just in comparison, when you scrolled through the names who wrote the other versions of these, these weird crossover books, were there any of them who were like, oh, I should probably read that? I didn't even look. Right. Well, I looked, and there wasn't. <laughs> so, I mean, like, just on its own, the fact that it was even readable sure. is actually an accomplishment. I was actually hoping that he hadn't done one this time. Yeah, no, I get that. I think that's fine. So I wasn't going to talk about Tony Stark, Iron Man number five, but you apparently can't help yourself. I can't. So it got weird. This was a weird that This is A, uh, this is the creepiest story I read this week. (laughs) Like on the Halloween whatever. So this one focuses on Arno Stark, which is a stupid name. (laughs) It's the name. I think think that was an Assassin's Creed character, but they've decided to make this long lost brother. And I I hate all of it. Like I hate. I hate the whole family dynamic. I hate it. Yes. No, that's fine. But the idea is that there's this other Stark starkling out there who is a genius and he is going around the world solving problems but the twist on it is that he he he's a prick basically yeah and there's there's another side to it so like he doesn't have whatever the altruistic part of tony stark is he doesn't have the empathy yeah because he's all about moving forward and trying experiments and he doesn't really care how they affect people i will say this i i thought this was really well done this is dan slot Guest artists Max Dunbar and Gang Hook Lim. The art wasn't anything to write home about, but I liked the stru- I liked the structure of it where we meet Arno, we see him engaging in all these experiments around the world that ostensibly will help people. He's growing crops in the Sahara. He's cleaning up the the water. He's helping this guy with a an impossible arm transplant, and he's there's these cows that don't have brains, and but then every by the end of it, everything is bad. I did like that. But he doesn't care. Right. Like, he looks at it like like anybody would look at, like, a failed experiment. Like, oh, yeah. And the cows were so creepy. That wasn't his experiment. That was, he was called in to help with that one, where the, they, these, these guys have built cows that supposedly do not have brains, so they're ethical. They're just basically walking meat. And, of but course, that's all fucked up. They're not, they don't solve the environmental problem of cattle, by the way. The fact is, like, I was like, there's a lot of interesting ethical issues right here that, that Dan Slott just flew right over. Like, he didn't want to deal with that. And mm-hmm. I actually kind of respect that mm-hmm. in the, the fact that every image book that comes out is a lesson for us now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And then, the, and then the thing with the arm was creepy, too. And then he forced him to play for him, which is even worse. Yeah. yeah. We gave him a lady arm. It, it just I, – I was like, all right. This was an unexpected issue, and it was pretty creepy, and I think it was pretty well written. It was. I, I, actually, the, the uh, cleaning up the lock in Scotland didn't go bad. That was the only one that didn't go bad. So far. Well, it, he said it could. 
It could, but he said in the, the in the end when he gets all the phone calls, that one's the only one that's not negative. But anyway, that's not important. Yeah, it was creepy. It was good. You're giving Dan Slott his props, his propers. Yeah. So I it was I mean as a nice little one shot axe break that I'm sure will come into play later at some point. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really want to do like a six issue arc of Arno versus Tony. I don't, I don't care about that. Like, because Arno will end up getting his own armor and it'll be a thing. And- <laughs> Normally, we would have probably started this segment with Heroes in Crisis number two, but I figured let's leave it to the end okay. of the segment. As I've, we've discussed, I was sort of on the fence about how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I think with issue two, I'm sort of crystallizing my feelings on it, although there's still seven issues to go. I don't like this. Wow. I like the craft of it. Yep. It looks good, although there was a guest artist on a couple of pages this time. Shocking. Already issued issue two. And I think the craft of the actual pages is really good from a writing standpoint. But overall, I don't like the idea of it. And I've decided I don't like the idea of it. I don't like the idea of Batman going and taking off his mask and confessing his feelings to a computer. I don't like the idea of Clark Kent doing that. I don't think they would. I think that's too much danger involved with that. And I don't think, I don't buy that they would ever do that. Okay. Especially since in the beginning, Clark's like, oh, there's got to be a backup into this, right? There's got to be a failsafe. You don't just delete these files. There's got to be a way in. If he thought that, then he would never go in there and reveal his identity and I'll talk about his family and all that stuff. Right. But then at the same time, you know, Batman is just saying no. But then he was lying about another thing in that scene. So, you know, who knows? But my point is, if Clark really thought that Batman had a way in these secret files, he would never go in there and do all that stuff. Unless he's bluffing. I'm not buying into this would actually happen. Mm-hmm. Not that any of this actually happens. This is a fucking comic book, but still. Right. You know what I'm saying. However... However, mm-hmm. if it is a way into sort of exploring the psyches of these people, just even as a sort of experiment, say that you don't take this as canon, you don't take this as seriously, I think there are interesting thoughts that are going on here. There's interesting thinking. Did we know that Poison Ivy was also killed last issue? I've lost track of who was killed and why, because then... Well, we don't know why. That's the mystery. Who and why is the mystery. Yeah, I know. But, like, Booster Gold, I can't get a handle on him here. Think, well, he I seems to be implying that Booster Gold killed these people. I mean, obviously, we're supposed to think that Harley did it, but there seems to be this, you know, the, the hidden thing is that he actually did it. I feel like there's a sliding scale uh, in DC uh, where Booster Gold sits, meaning how sort of chaotic, neutral, or chaotic mm-hmm. good he is. And I think Tom King has, the few times that he's written him, he's definitely been more on the neutral side. As opposed to like, oh, yeah, he's ultimately going to do the right thing. I can't imagine Booster Gold fans are enjoying this. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to be a sacrificial lamb. You know well, what my uh, biggest problem was? Other than Arsenal and Wally West and Continue. Yeah, there's not. Not my. I was looking at the clothing that Lois and whoever the other woman is in, yeah. the, in the Daily Plan. I was like, no one is dressing like that in a newspaper office. Maybe she has a, a cocktail party to go to after work. Yeah, like her shirt's about to fall off of her. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, she's a mother. She's a working professional. Mothers can feel sexy too, Josh. You don't. can, but th- this is like that much too far. Is like this is a comic book artist drawing clothing that isn't. isn't maybe, like, maybe in this world there is no Jonathan Kent, and the world is a better place. It's a sexier maybe. place. If I take the scenes as scenes, I think they're fun. Like I really liked the scene yep. in the beginning with the uh, yep. with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and, and Harley Quinn. I really liked the. I, the scene, I mean, I liked the lowest scene 
uh, from a character standpoint. I liked the Harley Quinn one page where she throws the rose into the water. And that's when I realized, oh, shit, did Poison Ivy die? But just as a whole, I just don't buy any of this as happening. Yep. I'm not, so. I'm not, not enjoying reading it, though. It's interesting. I'm also going to keep reading it because I, I, I mean, obviously, even for the clay man art alone. But right. I guess we'll see how much of that we actually get. Yeah, but there's one other little bit I didn't like. Mm-hmm. It was Superman mm-hmm. talking about uh, Harley Quinn mm-hmm. to Batman. He said she's as good as you, and I was like, nope. I took that as him just poking at Batman. That's a very liberal approach. <laughs> because like I just thought was no. making fun of him because she got the drop on Batman. Well, I don't believe that she gets the drop on the three of them in a room. That's true. There's no way that happens. Right. Even She doesn't get the drop on Batman in the room. When you've got Superman and Wonder Woman there, I know that there was the kryptonite. I thought that was clever, and that was good. you still got Wonder Woman, who was apparently doing what? Right. No, I agree with you. Like I, you she know. would not let Harley get away. No. For there'd sure. Be no, and there'd be no, like... You know they're they're all they're all too fast and too strong and and, and she's not even as good as bad. Like there's a thing where she's the hot property right now for DC, so right. they have to build her up, and I get that or whatever. But like you know, just it doesn't add up because Batman has you know, bent his. No, I I agree him. with you. That's why the only way I can I can justify it is that he was making fun of him. But then how did he get the, she get the job? I I have a lot of problems with this book, and it's tough because I really like Tom King and I think he's terrific. And I think he's trying to get at a thing, and he's got to bend some rules to get there. That's what I think. Yeah. And and I you know I'm willing to give him the leeway. It doesn't at the end of the day like if 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 it made me think about these characters in a certain way or that makes me think about myself or whatever like you know then it then it works. I think that's the point of this story. But I don't know. We'll see. Superman doesn't have the cuffs on his sh- suit, so maybe this is this is Elseworlds. Whatever works for you, man. <laughs> oh, Mac Weldon. Yeah. What I like, I like I like all the stuff that mm-hmm. I have from Mac Weldon. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like there's not a Mac Weldon thing I have that I'm like man I wish I didn't pay for that. I like that stuff a lot because Mac Weldon is better than whatever it is you're wearing right now, unless you're wearing it, which I believe I am. I'm what if I'm wearing check. nothing? It's definitely better than. I that. mean, just as, just an idea. I mean, some people like that. I don't, <laughs> and I don't mean you doing it. I mean me oh, doing it. Like I, I see. I don't. I, it's cold for one thing. You don't and, podcast and in the nude? Oh, natural. I'm literally podcasting. on a leather chair, so you can see where there's a conflict there. I see, I see. Mac Weldon <laughs> is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. They believe that all of that stuff should be good, and it should feel good against your skin, and it should do things like wick moisture away and not be smelly. And that's why they, they don't just have underwear. They have socks. They have shirts. They have undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more. There's all, they're, they're continually expanding into more things. And it can be problematic for a man who's putting things in a shopping bag and doesn't <laughs> want to overdo it because there are many excellent things there. I have a, a little, little travel dop kit bag. Uh, that I've been using for travel lately that I like quite a bit as well. Even the zippers are very nice. There it is. Uh, there's a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They do not stink. For for those of you out there who are worried about that kind of thing, that is a great way to get around it. You want to be comfortable, obviously, but if you don't like it, you don't like the first pair you get, you keep it and they will still refund you. There's no questions asked or anything like that. But I cannot imagine a situation where that happens. And also, it, there's you know the stuff is good for working out, for moving around. Like we said, the antimicrobial the sweat, that kind of stuff. It's light, it's comfortable, it's it's good stuff. Or you can just wear it normally in in your world out there. I have a pair of socks from them that I love. They're very yellow and blue. Are they and uh, like like work socks? No. Well, what do you mean by work socks? Like Maybe boots? You wear, wear them to the office? I mean, I, I mean technically, yes. <laughs> I'm in my office all the time. 
What I'm asking is that they're not like winter not socks. socks. I don't right. wear that. Or wintry. They're not like when it's 20 degrees below zero, you wear them. Nope. 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 They're good socks is what I'm getting at. I All see. the stuff's good. That's what I'm saying. You got you got stuff. You got lots I of stuff. I do. I have stuff. I have underwear. I have shirts. Mm-hmm. I think I have socks. I do have socks. I have workout socks. It's all good stuff. They they, they make really good products. I actually, my work, the workout socks I have for them are my favorite ones that I wear. Yeah, the, it's like a thing where if you've got a day coming up that has a special, you've got to do like you know, oh, we're gonna go to the gym today, or we're gonna, or we're gonna like go on a long hike. I got it. I'm like, oh, oh, I, I get my good stuff on. Right. Want to prevent all that chafing. Want to keep everything where it's supposed to be. Don't want to stink afterwards. All that stuff. It's things that things that. That I'm, I'm always thinking about. You don't want things to be where they're not supposed to be. Re- that's so true. You want Especially if you're s- deep in the woods. Stay where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's right. a concern. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I get it. <laughs> uh, if you want to try this out after all of us haranguing you about it, but we mean it 100%, you can get 20% off your first order. If you go to MacWeldon.com, you can enter the promo code iFanboy at checkout. Now, obviously, we thank MacWeldon for coming along and helping us out with the show. And we're very proud to be able to talk about it. Batman Secret Files number one contained maybe my favorite Tom King of the week. So this was a Secret Files book, which can really mean anything. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just an excuse to have an anthology. It's a bunch of short stories. So question for the listenership out there who read their comics in the paper way. Did Tom King's story wrap up at the end? Because it feels like a framing device. It is a framing device. I didn't read this, so I can't help you. But it never finishes, at least in the digital version. So there's no back end to it. I don't know if that's intentional. It doesn't seem like it would be. So the, the framing device, and it's really terrific. It's Tom King and Michael, Je- Michael Jennon. Superman shows up to help Batman out. And they go back to the cave. And it says, hey, I've been in the uh, Phantom Zone. I found this impossible universe. And in this impossible universe, I found new kryptonite, platinum kryptonite. This is very Silver Age, and I loved every bit of it. I found some platinum kryptonite. And it gives you powers. It gives the human man my powers. So mm-hmm. I'm giving it to you. You should have it. You should touch it. And you should get my powers because I think that would help you with your your job. And you could handle it. And then he leaves. And so then Batman contemplates the kryptonite on his desk. That should he touch it or not? And and he thinks about what he would do with it. There's a little. There's a one page where he has a little fantasy with the Joker. And then. Alfred comes in and he said, because he's all, he's all beat up from the big fight that Superman helped him out. His hand's all fucked up and he can't hold Alfred's cup. They, Alfred gives him the tea falls. He wastes a good cup of tea. And uh, he asks Alfred, am I good enough? And then that, that kicks off these short stories. And you would think that at the end they'd come back and he'd be like, yes, I'm good enough. I don't need this. But they never come back. I don't know if that was just a mistake in the digital version or not. Hmm. Anyway, real quickly, the first story, The Nature of Fear, by Ram V. writer Jorge Fornes on art with Matthew Wilson on colors, looked almost exactly like David Mazzuchelli doing Earth, uh, Year One. Like this, Jorge Fornes has a, I don't know if that's his regular style or if he was aping him, but he was very, very close to Mazzuchelli, which was, I thought, terrific. And then later on, there's a story that Jordi Belair wrote with art by Jill Thompson, which was really good. And and then there was a Tom Taylor Brad Walker detective chimp story, which I really liked. It might have been my favorite story. And Sherilyn Eaton and Elena Casagrande did a story as well. That was good. All these stories were good, but I just curious as to why it didn't close the loop on the first part. I can't answer that for you. It's weird. Yep. I got to the end of waiting for him to be like, Yeah, I'm fine and then it never happened. So let mm-hmm. me know out there in Readerland if you if you know. 
Readerland. Man Eaters number two, I decided to give a go. I wasn't going to read it, and then I saw that you read it, so I read it. I liked it. I did too. I, I And in fact, out of all of the horror book slash allegories that I've been reading lately, mm-hmm. I think this one's actually very good. I don't think it's too on the nose. I think I said the last issue was. Yeah, a little bit. But I, I think it works. I find the characters that are here, they seem to be fairly standard, but for something, some reason there's something interesting about them. I really liked the scene at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. With a, a nice lot. reveal. Yeah. And like the world is, it's an, it's, it's imaginative. Like what, whatever this premise is that I don't fully remember from the first issue. Everybody's infected with this cat virus yep. and the women turn into pumas. Killer panthers or something. I, I mean, it was less on the nose in the first issue. I like, I thought Kate and M6 arts continues to be really yep. good. And the father daughter combination is a lot of fun. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm going to give it, I think probably the first six and see how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm glad I read the second issue because it was it was fun. Yeah, and I, I just I think that out of the many, there's a lot of there's like a, there's a lot of issues that are sort of like allegories to social issues or whatever mm-hmm. that's going on. I don't mean to I don't mean to minimize it like that, but I just think a lot of them aren't great. No, but it, it still is hard when every comic you read is. Yeah, is and, and and I I totally understand, I, and that I think is us seeing uh, the where the social media connectedness of right. the comics world is definitely like creating a, a zeitgeist. And I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. I'm not, I'm not no, saying I, and I would want to do the same thing I, it, again, but I think this one is among the best of those because I don't feel like it's, it, I don't know. It feels, it feels more authentic to me for some, it doesn't reason. want to be a lecture. That was, that's my pain. If it feels yeah. like a lecture, I don't think it's successful in what it's trying to do. Yeah. 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 Cause primarily it should be trying to entertain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, or make you feel something or do whatever, but, um, well, inter- like- that's, that's a form of entertainment. It should be trying to, it should be telling a story first and foremost. And then, and then you can, you can examine what you want to examine as a course of that story, but it should never take the place of telling the story. Yep. Extermination number four, I wanted to mention because two reasons. One, Pepe Larraz only did the breakdown. So it suffered a bit on art because he didn't do the pencils, but also this is the second to last issue. And they were like, you know, if the young X-Men don't go back in time, none of this will ever happen. Which is, you think after you know this many years has been they've been in the universe. Somebody would have said that. So this is this whole thing. I think is the is the point of it is to get them to go back in time and get rid of the young X-Men. We really liked them in, when they were around in the beginning, but after a while, you're just like, shouldn't they? Don't they need to go back? And doesn't somebody need to mind wipe them? That's the thing with all of this is that I, they keep bringing characters back and they do this sort of interesting time travel thing, but then they don't fucking leave. Right. They're like house guests. Although at the end, Cyclops gets speared through his chest by a harpoon. So who knows what that means. I do like the villain in here. His name is Ahab, and he has a ship that looks like a giant boat in the sky. I always like that. That's always one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And he's got a giant wheel that spins like an old pirate ship to, to fly it. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but whatever. He's got a robot peg leg, and he harpoons young Cyclops. So Whatever. Anyway, the point is, this has been really fun, even though some of the art kind of fell off a little bit this issue. But I'm, I'm, I think it's good that they're going to go back. They need to go back. I hope that's what happens to us. Yes. Speaking of going back. Yeah, Shanghai Red number five wrapped up this week. Return to the seas. I, I, I love the end. <laughs> I, I definitely lost the thread somewhere in the middle of the last issue. It felt like they didn't Well, the really people know. that she thought were responsible weren't really responsible. 
So here she she confronts and kills the one who actually was responsible. But ma- I like that it happened many years later. I did like that. Yeah, no, I, I like that as a time jump. But I also felt like at the last minute, there was, again, like he was trying to be like another social lesson. Well, let's just explain. So she confronts Bunko Kelly, who we'll get to in a second, who is a famed Shanghaier or, or grip. Uh, was it cupping? Gripping? I, I don't remember Gru- the terminology. They have a sort of confrontation. He's like, basically, you're never going to win. I've got too many cops and politicians in my pocket. And so she ends up escaping, going off with her sister and a bunch of wayward people on a boat to be pirates. And then many years later, she returns. And as Bunko Kelly is an old, sad, broken man, she shoots him in the face with a shotgun and kills him. And then his body gets eaten by sharks. I liked that bit. 14 years later, she comes back for revenge. Yeah. I actually looked up. So Bunko Kelly was a real person. Uh Uh-huh. He was the most prolific Shanghaier in Portland, possibly the country. He was responsible for lots of audacious Shanghaiing. He did sell Dime Store Indian to a ship. He did sell 50 dead people to a ship. Like He was the most famed Shanghaier, if you can be famed for something terrible. And he did one day just disappear. No one knows what happened to him. So I like mm. that they sort of weaved in the real history. That's I, nice. And I had to find this out. I went and looked at Wikipedia about him. But right. So no one actually knows what happened to him. He did, he did get out of prison. He, he got arrested for something. He got out of prison, and they disappeared. So that was what they're doing here was he got out of prison. He was a broken man, and she shoots him in the face, and he gets eaten by sharks. The shark thing was a little gratuitous. I'm not complaining. <laughs> sharks need to eat, man. They do. It's not their fault. On the whole, though, I like this. I did, too. I'm glad I found it. I think that I just lost a little bit of – it lost momentum for me by the end. And, and there's a little bit where I, – I, you know what it was, I think, is that at the end – Basically, we started off, which was a a fairly straightforward revenge story. Mm-hmm. A person who is a woman disguises herself as a, a man over the course of this horrible thing and, and develops a lot of skill in killing and a fearsome hatred and goes back through. And then as we get sort of towards the, the, the downhill portion, it like revealed almost like the wire, you know, like it just revealed like, no, this is a huge systemic problem. Everybody benefits. Yeah, and it, it it took focus away, I think. Now, I'm not saying that that should have meant that she – I'm gonna I'm doing the thing where I, I'm, I'm offering a rewrite, which I don't think is a good habit for a person reviewing something. But I just – it felt like the reaction should have been as bombastic as sort of the size of the thing because it lost focus. Like I don't know who I'm supposed to hate anymore. I don't know who the bad guy hate is. Hate the system, not the I player. Know, that's not that's – not, you know, I just feel like, you know, you know, when, uh, in uh, The Professional, when Gary Oldman's like, who do we kill? Everybody. <laughs> Should have just killed everybody. Like, that would have been the thing. But instead, like, the character, she retreated into herself completely. She says, no, I'm I'm John now. Well, she'd have to kill all the cops, all the politicians, all it's the ship, book. all the captains. But they're trying to keep it realistic. I guess because of that, like, I, I felt like I, I lost a little bit of it. It just didn't feel fully formed to me. You wanted the streets of Portland to run with blood. No, I, I don't know what I wanted. I don't know. There, there, was, there was something that – but also I think that I lost the thread just because I think it was fairly complicated at the end. And there's a scene in the bit where the, the sister turns on the madam, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. hey, you're a problem too. And I was like, come on. Yeah. Stop creating new villains, mm. which is valid in a, in a factual sense, but I don't know that it works very well in sort of the narrative sense, if that makes sense. 
So those are the books we're going to talk about. If you go to fanboy.com, there'll be a post for the show. You can tell us what you read, what you thought. But also, if you join up at patreon.com slash ifanboy and help support the show, you can vote to add a book to the rundown, and every week patrons do that. And this week, the overwhelming favorite, the wire-to-wire winner, was Hexwives, number one, from Vertigo, DC Comics, written by Ben Blacker, art by Mirka Andolfo, colors by Marissa Louise, letters by Josh Reed. And this is another from New Vertigo. <laughs> They're going to keep trying. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I liked it better um, by the end. It's one of those things like I don't actually have complaints about it. Other than it's not the kind of story that I would read. Yeah. And I, and I, don't, I don't know that I have a sense of – I understand that Ben Blacker and his partner Ben Acker, the Thrilling Adventure Hour, are some form of famous – and and I don't I I guess quite popular, but I don't really know because it's like internet popular. So never yeah, sure I never I never heard is. of him. I thought it was all right. It reminded me a lot of American Vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, similar. Way. Very similar sort of, but instead of vampires, it's witches. I thought it took a long time. Well, it took half the issue mm-hmm. to get to the the premise, which is so the throughout the hundreds of years, there's witches. They were in Salem. They were in New Orleans, and they're in they're in the hurricane. They were in World War II, and then there's been a group of men trying to stop them, not because of altruism, but because they're women with power. Mm-hmm. I get it. And so then the 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 big uh, the big yes. the big uh, reveal on the 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 title, the Hex Wives, is that they have somehow in the intervening years found a way to. Capture these witches, brainwash them into becoming Stepford Wives-esque 50s housewives in this controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting, at least for a, little, for a little while, for me anyway. It just took a long time in the issue to get to that point. See, to me, like it felt like a big... The whole time we spent with them like talking about bullshit felt like it was too long. And I thought the bits of them sort of traveling through different areas in time was more interesting. See, we are opposites. Yeah, and that's that's, that's fine. totally fair. I don't know, like there was a pacing thing going on there. I'm interested in reading the second issue because now we'll get to actually see supposedly what this yeah. book's about. So I, I think that's true too. Is that um, like we saw that they were all existing in the past, and then we get here and we see these alternate Stepford Wives versions of them. But I don't know the characters well enough to know what that means. Like I, there's no significance to it because I don't know the characters, so I can't tell that they're different or or how they're personalities manifesting in this other reality that they're in. I almost wonder if it'd been better to do this in a series of flashbacks as opposed to starting this, the issue going through the, going through time. But I don't know. I I don't want to rewrite like you said. We're yeah, we're we're getting into that territory lately, I think, which is not a good way to go, but I don't think you're wrong though. Because it would have set the scene for here's where we are now and this is what built us up to it. It's sort of like a Pleasantville-esque scenario. I like, you know, I like, I find it yeah. interesting. So I'm, 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 I'm gonna spoil things here and say I'm gonna read the second issue and see. I did not like the old timey dialogue. Yeah, that was. It was not well done. It was, just, it was a mix of old timey and modern. And yeah, it, you it, just gotta just, choose which lane you're gonna go in because it felt yeah. like they didn't know which one they could do. Yeah, I mean, I guess unless it was supposed to be funny, but it didn't read well because of that. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like when I got to the now part. I was like, oh, that's the girl from the beginning who was killed. Yeah, right. And so, like, the context of it was lost because I didn't remember. I'm sure, as to the writer, I'm sure it's clear as day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's do ratings on it out of five. Ratings. 
I'm going to give it a three. Two and a half. Are you sticking with it? Maybe. I'm going to read the second issue. Probably not. On the side. But maybe. Unless the second issue comes out in the week where we've got like 30 books. Uh-huh. But I'm going to give the second issue a shot. And I'm also going to listen for, you know, like if you, if you read it, you, know, you should read the second one. Because I think it's definitely a thing that the first, the setup's tough. Mm-hmm. And in a comic book, it's it's extra challenge. Especially when you don't have a lot of real estate. I mean, you only got 20 yeah. pages these days to tell the story. Yep. It's not like a TV show where you can do this kind of through history kind of thing in, fi- in a minute or two and really get a lot in there. This is only, you only got these 20 pages and it's hard. I, I sympathize. I thought the artwork, I, I mean, no, I don't think it was a bad book. But I, I do think it's probably not the kind of thing that I would read. Yeah, it's not for you. Like based on the pitch. So at patreon.com slash ifanway, that's where the patrons voted to add this book to the rundown. And also, that's where you can go to help support the show. That's the most direct way you can do so. You can take advantage of voting on the patron pick. You can take advantage of the patron hangouts. You can take advantage of the patron powers. There's all kinds of things that happen at patreon.com slash ifanboy. We've added a new stretch goal. That's where we've upped our latest stretch goal. Originally, it was just for the monthly non-comics media podcast that Josh and I will do. I mean, once a month, we'll do a podcast episode where we'll talk about something not comics-related. We'll also upload all the missing full-length video shows and video mini-shows to our YouTube channel, the ones that got taken down by Discovery, who bought our old distributor. And we'll re-embed them all on the website for you, on our YouTube channel and our website. So if you want to see those old shows, we are about 500 bucks away from uh, the next stretch goal. So that's not that very many of you. It's only a couple, only about 200 people need to do, do sign up to get that next stretch goal. So if you want to see those... You know, let's do it. Let's get it up there. Also, ifanboy.threadless.com is where you can find our, our shirt designs. Ifanboy logo, her and Pick League podcast ratings. If one is Electro, GDAT, nothing makes sense, nothing matters. You can get all those designs on a shirt or on an iPhone case or on a shower curtain. We just got another photo of a bath mat someone had, or it was a welcome mat or some kind of mat. Just Someone's just sent another photo of that. We always like seeing that. Ifanboy.com slash support. That's where you can help us out directly via PayPal. If you just want to send a one-time donation, don't want to get involved any other way, which is totally fine. And also, ifanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find links to buy the books on Booksplode that we talk about. Also, that's where you can find a general link to Amazon if you are going to do any holiday shopping. That's where you would do it. And we do appreciate everybody who does all those things to help keep the show going. And speaking of patrons, every week we like to take the patrons who give at a $5 or higher level by giving them superpowers. On the show, live. Can you hear the panic? I had a bit of panic earlier when I because I had thought of one in the car, and then I forgot it. Uh huh. Because I don't. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. Forgotten things. Yes. Well, Joshua Chessmore has ape feet. Ape feet. Ape feet. Like like a gorilla would have, but mm-hmm. on feet. So he can grip with them. Yes. Shoes are a problem. Mm-hmm. Certain styles of pants are difficult, but there are benefits. But he's got ape feet. He doesn't. And I mean, I'm thinking, like, like just objectively. Overall, I think you're in a better position with ape feet than not ape feet. Mm-hmm. But socially, it's a problem. He doesn't need the Mac Wilson socks, that's for sure. No, no, they're they're tough. He's not. That's not a thing. I assume they're fur, if hairy. They're not just like 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 Hank McCoy's giant ape feet. They're they're actually like ape feet. I hadn't I hadn't really considered that. So I just figure I was thinking of the sort of the the structure and mechanics of it rather than the hairiness of them. I think they're proportional, and and the hairiness is only uh, relative to the the 
hairiness of Joshua himself. I see. So it's not like he's got like hairy feet on his regular nah, non-aped body. It's almost like a like a like a mutation to a to a different version of where we could have gone. Got ape feet. Okay. Paul Ambrosio can turn into the Mona Lisa. Go on. He can just he just turns into the painting. The painting itself. The painting itself. Is it the actual painting when he turns into it? He turns into a uh, uh, unrecognizable or a uh, you know a, it's a, a perfect replica. Perfect replica. Okay. And you can hang him on a wall. It's a nice conversation piece. Right. He could uh, he could be hanging on the wall of a gangster's house to to eavesdrop. Uh-huh. Who thinks he has stolen the Mona Lisa? Okay. I mean, there are there are limitations to this power, but it is it is a perfect copy. Huh. Yeah. All right. Also, he can be taken to art class. He can he can teach the Mona Lisa. Yeah. No, that's useful. So Listen, I don't really know. I, it's up to Paul to find uses for these powers. I just I just bestow them. You're 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 but a vessel. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm not. I can't do everything. Everything here, Paul. You got to do some work here. Luke Hopkins has the ability uh, to have those creepy eyes with just white in them. So, so he no just, powers associated with them. He can just make his eyes creepy white he villain eyes. Makes his pupils and irises go away. Yep. He can see fine like that. Is there like a benefit to? Like when it's really sunny, how some people's some people's eyes don't like the sun because of the color of their their irises. Can he? Does that help him? I, I mean, sure. That's not a that's <laughs> not a that's not a bad idea. I was more thinking of it in terms of, you know, when like somebody would threaten Bruce Banner or yeah. David Banner, mm-hmm. and he just flashes green eyes at them, and that would call, that would clear the problem up. Yep. I figured that's Luke's main usage there. I see. I see. Excuse me. Intimidation. I mean, yeah, or 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 you know, yeah, yeah, like in dangerous situations. Like they're going to think he can do Oh shit. We know from years and years of fiction that when your eyes do that, some bad shit's about to go down. Right. But really, it's totally cosmetic. There you go. I get it. It works. Mm-hmm. Chad Post, I'm going to give him his power in the form of a superhero name. The upholsterer. Ooh. He is a master and speedy upholsterer. I mean, you're. I mean, you've always got a job there. He's. He doesn't need the materials. He can do it in in moments. Mm-hmm. Every he can upholster anything. I'm, I'm picturing Bill Macy for some reason. <laughs> right. You can you can upholster a person. Wow. But Would really, that hurt? He, he mostly yeah well yeah but mostly does chairs. Because because of the nails. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're tiny nails, but still. It's a lot of them. Yeah, no. It, I mean, it doesn't It doesn't take much nail to hurt. Patreon.com slash fanboy. That's where you can go. You give it the $5 or higher level. You get your own superpower. Thanks for doing that. Let's do uh, at least an email. Let's do James from England. I've just finished watching Superman 2 and wondering if you ever thought about doing a movie review show like you did for the awesome Venom. Knew you would. For some of the old and classic superhero movies. If you were to consider it would be Superman 1's with Christopher Reeve, Dodgy Physics included, Super Spider-Man 1's with Nicholas Hammond. Those aren't movies, James. Yeah. Those are TV movies. Or maybe the Adam West Batman movie, Batman, Bat Genius. Feel free to continue the food chat as well. Well, thank you for that, James. No. I mean, like, we, we talked, we actually went over some of that stuff a little bit in the old video show days. We definitely did some of that. We did talk about this as a possibility back when we were doing a fanboy full-time. Yes. We floated the idea of doing classic movie reviews back when we were doing this all the time. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it would never happen. I would almost. It's unlikely. I, that's that's the kind of thing that we've been threatening to do a comment like a DVD commentary. Yes. On something for almost two decades now, so you know it's not looking good for you. <laughs> but I think that'd be the fun way to go. Yeah, it's. Po- I mean, like a live watch. It wouldn't be a review show. It'd be like a live watch that we would live stream. Yeah, something like that. Maybe we do it for like a hangout or something. Yeah, but I mean, I I just don't. Time is an is an issue. There's plenty of new things that we don't have time to cover as it is. So I don't know that it's we would. True. I don't know that we would uh, do that. But and just devil's advocate here. I mean, like what he's talking about isn't very different from what we're doing with Booksplode. No, for sure, for sure. I'm not saying never. I'm just saying it's yeah. unlikely. I think it'd be fun, but yeah, it would be. Would you rather do the 1966 Bat movie or the 1989 Bat movie? 89. I agree. It's funnier to do f- ones that aren't supposed to be funny. Right. There's a lot there. There's a lot to work with. A lot of material. I agree. Steve from Maryland. Okay, Steve. Steve says, in defense of dumb superpowers, in pick of the week number 657, Josh gifted the superpower to communicate via the power of percussion. As the father of a nonverbal autistic son, I would be overjoyed if he could communicate his every need with a few raps on the table. That indeed would be a superpower that I welcome. Well, don't take dumb so literally. <laughs> it's said with affection. I think that you've I, – I, what I think that Steve has done here is interpret it as a way to make his life – easier is not quite the word I'm looking for. Better. But, yeah, better. Better better works, which I like, by the way. I like that as a thing. Like you sort of take it – oh, because I thought communicate and I thought sort of barely getting through. But if you're, if you're dealing with, uh, with a special needs kid like that who cannot be communicative, that would be incredibly helpful. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's just a different way to do it. I guess. There's always going to be uh, hidden benefits to some of these superpowers. Well, that's the that's the joy of it. I, I like to think that when we bestow something like that, the person who hears it then spends a lot of time thinking <laughs> about different applications for that. Like, yeah. I, I, it's it really helps me. I don't know how many we are into this. We're in the. We are into people who signed up last September. Right, but like total number. Oh, three hundred. I don't know. So, like, I like the idea that there's, you know, hundreds of people out there who are, are, you know, living their lives, they're doing their thing, and in their head for a second, they go, you know, that would be useful right now. <laughs> and, like, like that's what Steve's doing. He's like, you know, what if what if my kid could just communicate via drum drum solo? Right. You know, when they're upset in the middle of the night, that's fine. But but uh, comparatively, jeez. I can tell you one in one moment, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. We are... What number are we on? What episode number is this? Oh, here we 657, go. 67, So we are. We we've done about six hundred and thirty powers. Uh huh. That's a lot of powers. It's, it's hold yeah. on. That's not right. That's not right. I forgot. There's all kinds of people in here who don't have powers. I can't tell you. Our system is yeah, very you'd complicated. Yeah, you have to sort them. I got to sort by. Uh... And Steve, by the way, you're doing a great job. Yeah. What I know is what you're doing is extremely challenging and difficult. And, and you're doing a great job. And I hope that if nothing else, like our show in a given week gives you an hour and some laughs and some 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 relaxation and joy. Contact at ifanboy.com. That's where you can write in and you can send your email. You get on the show. And we thank all those who do that. Let's do some plugs. Dreadnought Legends, number one, the comic that I've been talking about that I edited at Paul Montgomery, our old co-host, and Dave Acampo and Priscilla Petrades and Marco Lesko and Bill Sakevich all worked on. And did you hear me almost say Dave again? Mm-hmm. 
I did. It tripped over. I was going to let it go. That came out a couple weeks ago. It's still available on Comixology if you want to check it out. It's only $1.99. We would appreciate that. Also, it's all it's on Steam. If you're a gamer and you want to check out Dreadnought, it's available as a downloadable content on Steam. Uh, everyone who's checked it out so far, many of you have. We appreciate it. If you want to check it out, it's still going to be up there. It's the beauty of digital comics is that they don't they don't get taken off the shelf. Dreadnought Legends number one. It's a sci-fi story. It's great. It's fun. Well, all right then. Hey, I managed to get the Toxplode for October out. On the very last day of October. Good for you. Thank that's, you. That should be Thank your you. superpower. That should be <laughs> it's the top slot out just in time. That uh, I kind of is my like <laughs> if I were to really go over it, I think I, I might have that almost hitting deadlines. Like I almost had a history minor. That's my other superpower. <laughs> I spoke with Katie Cook, our cartoonist, writer, all-around wonderful lady. She used the word "it's a hoot" a lot. Which I thought was very delightful in Michigan. But also, um, I thought she was really thoughtful about her career and how she came up and, and sort of the – it's interesting because I think her career definitely exists in the time that we're in now. You know, it was a, a person for whom social media made a big impact in, yeah. in sort of getting her known. And then by that, her talent sort of showed through, which is you know kind of rare. But I really enjoyed talking to her. I like her a lot. Um, and you should go listen to me and Katie talking. So that's right behind this show. Also, right behind that show, I believe, or is it behind the previous show? It's back there somewhere, is the aforementioned Venom review podcast that Josh Flanagan and Ron Richards did, talking about the monster hit Venom that everyone has gone to see except for me, which I'm totally fine with. I'm not in a position to be like, oh, you totally need to go. <laughs> I think that what you should do is when it, it's invariably on HBO in like two months, right? I'll put it on while you're doing something. Possibly. But also... No rush. Our next specialization show, I can say with confidence, is going to be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So you got a, you got a while. You got a month. Month change till we got our, our next one. So go, go back and listen to some old ones until then. That'll tide you over. That'll do. Yeah. It's going to be a while. And then next week, we will have our holiday schedule. Long-term listeners will know the holidays get a little dicey. The schedule changes. So we'll be updating you next week and all the following weeks until the end of the year on the holiday schedule to keep you apprised of what's coming at you this last six weeks or so of the year. Go to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this show that you're listening to right now. You can comment on other things that are there as well. Commenting is available is what I'm getting at. Or you can just read what other people said or you can go back through the archives and see, oh, wait, oh, you talked about this book? I want to yeah, know about yeah, that yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, you talked to this creator? It's the, the talk spill that just came out was uh, talk spill number 81. <laughs> so there's a lot of conversations. 70% of them are Remender. But other than that, <laughs> that, my math might be wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that's my, my best thing. You can, He's good radio. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. You can by liking us at facebook.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy on Twitter. Patrons also uh, get that too. Uh, you can follow us individually, Jay Flanning on Twitter and Instagram and CS Kilpatrick on Instagram. Connor watches old movies, but not as much as he had been doing previously. That's what I know about him from Instagram. Things are a little busy right now, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not. Finally, if you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. For any podcast you listen to, not just ours, but we do appreciate it. But any podcast you listen to, if you take two seconds, you don't even have to write a review. Just leave a star rating. It really does help people find podcasts. It's, it's, it's a great way to show some support for your favorite shows. Same thing for Dreadnought Legends. If you bought Dreadnought Legends on Comicsology, please leave us a star rating. It really does help for everything that you purchase or listen to to show that there's support out there. So we do appreciate everyone who does that and also spreads the word just mouth to mouth, mouth to ear. 
People don't talk mouth to mouth. They talk mouth to ear. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where that came from. Maybe that's a superpower. You wow. Talk, talk with your ears. I just want to let you keep going. <laughs> like, like my instinct would be to fill time, but right now I'm like, let's just see where this goes. Well, because what happens is by the time we get to the end of this recording, I'm like right up against launch time. And so my body starts to break down. And my cognitive abilities as well. <laughs> it's, it's not like it's not like you can't handle being an hour late on a meal. You're some precision Swiss, Swiss clock of a body. I'm a big I, guy. I require lots of fuel. I knew you when. When what? You wake up whenever. Oh, that's true. Whatever and whatever. And now you're you're like you're like a, you're like a finely tuned athlete. You're like, oh, it's eleven thirty. Come on. That was my, my mother-in-law. That was my twenties. That was that was things were different then. That was the captain. <laughs> now it's not so much. Now it's like, oh man, it's eleven thirty. I haven't eaten lunch. I'm gonna pass out. This 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 getting old stuff for the birds, people. All right, go. There it is. Wrap it up. You almost made it. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. <laughs> See you next week. Been Pull me away, alright. 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 I've been thinking of every day.